night. <laughs> uh, this is just a disclaimer. All opinions expressed in this podcast are our own and they don't reflect the entirety of Cry or CRC. Hey everyone, we're back. We are the Creative Resilient Youth Group and this is our second technically podcast episode. Uh, yeah. Um, so we're just going to introduce ourselves once again. Um, I'm Andre. I'm Avani. I'm Lucy. And I'm Mike. All right. So it's been a minute since we talked to you guys. Uh, so yeah, um, we're just going to do a little check-in um, and just talk about like, I guess how we've been. Um, a lot has definitely happened since the last time we recorded our podcast episode. So um, yeah, uh, if everybody feels okay with like maybe two or three words um, about how they felt like these past few months, um, just in general, um, yeah, we can go around. Um, yeah, Avani, you can start if you feel ready. Um, a few words on how I'm feeling these past few months. Uh, tired, overworked, and, well, I guess tired and overworked can be the same thing. Overworked, um, confused, and, um, angry. For me, I guess it's stressed out, sweaty, so, oh, so insanely sweaty, and hmm, what else? Oh, yeah. I was going to say I really relate to feeling overworked. Um, <laughs> I'm just so overworked, and there's nothing really going on, but at the same time, it feels like there's so much going on, because obviously there is, and if I'm stressed out and feeling overworked, I can't imagine how a lot of other people are, so it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Okay, I'll wait till she gets back, but um, I guess I can say like a few of my three words. Um, yeah, I've been feeling a lot more tired than I usually do. I've been feeling like a lot stressed, uh, but I have been going out um, just like to get physically active. So I can relate with Lucy in saying that like, it's sweaty, <laughs> especially because it's summer, it's getting like, like really hot. Um, yeah, go for it, Michael. How I've been feeling these past months. Well, I've been feeling very motivated lately. I've been like doing like I've been working lately, and I got a lot, I got a lot of things set up for this week because me and my team are gonna go to Philly and um shoot some things for my brand. And right now I'm just chilling as of right now, so I'm I'm doing good. All right, so it has been a minute since like uh, we released our first podcast episode um, and we have received a few questions from our community and listeners. Um, so we just wanted to take some time to answer them um, as a collective. And yeah, um, so we had um, one question. This is like uh, a big chunk. Um, yeah, I'm just going to read it word for word just um, to get it right. Um, but someone said, as a parent with a mental health history, when I realized my child was struggling, I tried to make the best decisions I could, although I sometimes fell short. For those of you who had slash have people in your lives who try to be supportive by encouraging certain decisions, for example, medications, do you consider it to be helpful or hurtful, knowing they're trying to be supportive? Now that you are in each a place where you can verbalize your feelings, decisions, and preferences, do you, as teens, rationalize that many adults are going into these decisions with best intentions? Hmm. 
that that is tricky just because I I'm like going through something like that right now and I feel like most people who are faced with that are aware most that are aware that it is coming from a good place but it all depends on how you do it because if you're encouraging especially if you're encouraging your child like take medication do this do that but you're not trying to first listen to what they have to say listen to how uh, even just listening to what their mental illness is like especially like well, this parents that they, they do struggle with mental illness. So I feel like it is a little bit easier to kind of grasp what another person suffering with uh, any mental illness is going through. But um, it's very important to listen to how their head works, to listen to how they view the world, how they view things, how they feel certain things, what triggers them. So I feel like the most powerful thing you can do is listen and then maybe try and like give advice here and there because every I mean everyone's worried and I feel like everyone's first response to like hearing that anyone's struggling is to try and give advice but sometimes that's not always the best especially when you're a parent that's a little tricky um so I feel like listening is the key and just like ask what they need and if they don't know you like pitch some things or just try and like wait with them until whatever happens I don't know, I'm not a parent, but, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I strongly agree with what you have to say because what you were saying earlier, like, people's, like, especially, like, maternal and, like, you know, parents, they're like, I just want to help my kid. Like, I just want to give them advice and tell them what to do so they can get over this roadblock in the way right now. But um, my mom and I, we used to have family-based therapy, and what we learned together is that Sometimes it's just best to just shut up and listen to what the other person has to say instead of just trying to, like, fix the issues that they're going through. And, I don't know, just shutting up and listening, like, really helps. And it's, like, really supportive, not only for, like, the person that is talking about what they're dealing with, but, like, being able to actually hear and sympathize and empathize with what the other person is saying to you, it, it means a lot, and it feels good in the end. At least that's what I've realized. Yeah, shutting up definitely has its perks, <laughs> you know, just shutting up and listening. I feel like a lot of uh, fraternal instincts are just, like, resolve the problem as quick as you can so that no one has to suffer for a long time. But sometimes you have to take that time because nothing is a, a quick, sticker up, fi quick fixer upper, <laughs> especially yeah. mental health. Like, a lot of that stuff takes a lot of time. You know, you have people who uh, have been trying out different antidepressants for 20 years or even more like it it takes time to find those things it takes time to kind of uh figure out what's going on and how to vocalize stuff yeah definitely i also feel like um as a parent i think it will be very helpful to look into different means of um decision making uh not necessarily like medication but maybe um speaking to a therapist and like having your child speak to somebody, um, maybe that can even help. Um, it doesn't have to be like medications are like the only answer to uh, mental health issues. I think there are other means. Um, and I definitely agree with the both of you saying that like listening to your child and just like hearing them out is really helpful and allows them to be heard and like have somebody and like establish that support system between you and your child. Yeah. On like the topic of medication, um, my mom is on medication for depression and anxiety and so when I started showing my symptoms of it as well like 
at first, her first gut reaction was like, oh, we have to, we have to medicate you because that's what helped me. So it must help you. Mm-hmm. And in the long run, yes, it did help a lot. But when, but I think like the first step that you can do is just like, just some, just some basic therapy. Like yeah. as, when you start like getting the ball rolling, it feels so much like, at first it's like disgusting. Like, oh my God, I hate this. But once you start, it's like almost addicting. Like I just like, it feels so relieving. It's, it's so nice. So basically what I'm trying to say is like, talk before you medicate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, no, go. <laughs> that's just like really a big deal to me because I don't know. I've always realized that, well, I'm starting to realize that what we were talking about earlier, we just want like a quick fix for everything, but we need to like actually sit and go through these uncomfortable emotions and things that we're dealing with in order to actually go through them again and resolve them. <laughs> well, if I had a kid and they were on medication to help their depression, I really wouldn't. Like, if they're depressed, it, like, me if me and my wife had, like, me and my wife, right, we want to talk about it, like, yo, should he be on medication or should she be on medication? Like, in reality, I feel like they, should, they shouldn't be on medication because, like, they're going to feel like they're going to need that substance in order to feel normal instead you could just talk well not only talk to your parents but talk to your friends or like talk to somebody you know and just talk it out because that's that's like the only way out of it for real you just gotta talk to somebody or because like when me and my friends talk you just gotta feel it you know like you gotta feel what you're feeling and like i know it sounds like not stupid but it sounds like Oh man, like you just have you just have those times where you just gotta feel the feeling, you know, and just like not only talk to somebody, but just like get through it mm-hmm. on yourself, cause like without no pain, there's no gain, you know. But yeah, I feel exactly like finding letting people find. I I want to say find their own answers, but kind of like find their own solution in a sense, cause like I know with me, like if like what Lucy was saying, like. If you are like, oh, you're showing these things, medication right off the bat, that's not going to really help anything because that person hasn't had time to process what they're going through. They may not even process the fact that they have are struggling with their mental health. You know what I mean? So I feel like it's really important to allow a person to sit with, not like sit with what they're feeling, like just chill back and just let them do whatever because it could be destructive. But the first step is always listening, like always, you know? And then if they feel comfortable mentioning it or if you read the room and it should be mentioned at some point, like, hey, have you considered this? That I feel like that is really helpful. Instead of just being like, you need to be on medication. Boom, it's going to help you, blah, blah, blah. Like first phase should be like a talk phase. But if yeah. it's like serious, I really don't want my kid to get medication for real. So I'm like, nah, but you got, we got to do something about this. Yeah. Well, medication and therapy have to go hand in hand or else they're not going to work, like, at all. Like, if you're if you're being medicated but you're not talking about what's going on, you're just it's just going to build up and then one day you're just – if anything, you're just either going to go numb or it's just going to, like, explode out one day. I have experience with both of those. So, yeah, but, like, they – you can't have one without the other – if you want it to work 
to its full like advantage, I guess. Yeah. Like one plus one too. I know so many of my friends that take medication but don't go to therapy and then they completely stop medication because it does the exact opposite of what they want it to do. You know, like you can't just pop a pill and all of your problems are magically solved. You have to pop the pill, talk I'm about perky. problems. Go retarded. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. You have, to, you have to take your medication and then you also have to talk about why you're taking that medication and talk about those things and then like eventually the wheels will start to turn and it's gonna start building up inside yourself and it's gonna yeah. be like damn yeah well I'm, I'm, i have an off topic thing i don't know if we switch it up can we uh andre i'll go ahead so like you know how a wife and a husband like they get married right but then marriage therapist i kind of hate that because like what's the point of you getting married if you're not even gonna talk to your um to 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 your other half like person like you gotta keep it like 100 with them because like why you need a therapist when you can just talk to them personally and just let it out like y'all are together forever y'all are supposed to be mad at each other y'all are supposed to be jealous y'all are supposed to be happy y'all are supposed to be sad it's like oh whatever y'all gotta like do with each other like i don't know i don't know what's the point of a therapist not saying that like you know yeah. it doesn't work for some people but like the point of marriage is both of y'all going through it together you know mm-hmm. and like i was watching this one show i forgot what the movie was called but I, it was like it was like it was a it was like a normal couple going like to a therapist about marriage and then it was it was like yelling at the therapist but in reality they were just yelling at each other mm-hmm. and i just i peeped i'm like so y'all just wasted bread on some on some therapist and it really never helped you all crazy when y'all supposed to overcome it together. And yeah, back to the topic. I feel like when you're when you're in a relationship or married in general, like just with someone in general, I feel like a lot of different things that you didn't see before can come out, even if you've known each other for forever a little bit. And you know, everyone grows up differently with different traumas, with different whatever, different ways of coping with things, different ways of reading things. So I feel like it's there's always going to be some sort of clashing that you can't just like talk through and rationalize together just because of the different ways that people work so like i personally see i see why you don't get um mm-hmm. uh mar- marriage marital marriage therapy marriage counseling yeah marriage counseling but i i see it kind of the same way with like when parents get therapy with their kids like mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just not that easy to talk to someone that you love, despite the fact that it should be in like the perfect world. Like we could just talk it out and just have that heart to heart. But sometimes it's just not that. It's, it's like it's crazy today too, because today now, today like now everybody's scared to talk to their parents. Yeah. And I don't want that for my kids. I want them to be like straight up with me. I won't be mad at them. I just I just have to like, like, um, like absorb it and then. And then give me like give it back like see what I can cook up and shit and all that like that. Yeah, it's kind of like that saying with parties where like neighbors will get mad at that at the noise that they don't expect. It's kind of the same with people where like if you let someone know something about you, if you let someone know about a situation about anything that you're going through, and that eventually like it will need to be talked about, they will respond better than if all of a sudden you lash out. You know. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think it stems from like a, I think it shows the importance of building a foundation of support within like any type of relationship, not necessarily like romantic relationships, but like familial relationships yeah. as well. Um, yeah, and I think sometimes like couples are like unable to have that support system because like they're tied together. So I feel like it does help to like have a third party there just so like the argument is like not one-sided or like having somebody to facilitate that conversation makes it like easier or just like um, the couple more willing to like talk to each other about it openly. Um, yeah, but I, I definitely do feel like it all stems from like having that support system and like feeling comfortable enough to like confide in the other party to just like talk about your feelings and like actually like assess the problems and like find a probable solution to it. We do have a second question. Um, <laughs> it's on the topic of medication use. Um, but knowing that there is a worldly stigma around mental health and medication, does this affect your decision to take medication or not? And do you think your perspectives on medication usage will be different if you were diagnosed with a heart condition or terminal illness, for example? And thank you and much love. Wow. Hmm. That's really interesting. Mm -hmm. I personally don't, like I was raised not raised with my grandma, but like I grew up with my grandmother who was very much like anti-medication. Like she isn't about that. She's all about like, like um, she's very like spiritual and herbalist and like all that stuff. So she doesn't like taking medication. Um, so I just kind of grew up like not. And also sometimes it's really hard for me to just take down, like I'm not good at taking pills anyway. So it just doesn't work out for me. But um that that second part really kind of blows my mind just because it begs that question of like how serious is mental illness because you know if you have like a terminal illness or something physical of course you're going to take medication for it unless you're like kind of i don't know crazy but i feel like if i were if i had a heart condition of course i would take the medication because i want to live but then who's to say that taking medication for depression anxiety is any different which is something that i've kind of had to question myself and i don't know the answer to but that, that, that's a really good question. <laughs> um, going back to what I was saying earlier, like when my mom was advising me to maybe start taking medication, at first I was like, are you insane? Like, I am 14 years old. Why should I like, I'm not crazy, quote unquote crazy. I'm not, I don't need this. I'm better than this. I can deal with this on my own, but oh. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Like, because mental health is... It is what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> and it's as fatal as physical, like, physical... Um, oh, what's the word? Illicit, sorry. <laughs> but people don't understand that just because you can't, like... Just because it's not, like, a broken arm or something, it isn't as severe as what it could be. It's... In some cases, sometimes it's, like this sounds kind of controversial, but sometimes it can be worse. Like, like something, if you go untreated with like depression and suicidal ideation for such a long time, like you're probably like going to die. Like there's a fatal outcome with this like illness that you're living with. So I don't know. And that's, <laughs> I kind of want to like, that's my on this. Like suicide, first of all, that if you go with your stuff untreated, untalked about, unthought about, like the chances are probably higher that you will probably hurt yourself, you know? 
And then also just to talk about the physical reactions to these things, the physical reactions to stress and anxiety and depression. Like there are physical things. Like when I'm having a panic attack, first of all, I feel like I can't breathe. Second of all, like you get those weird, like people experience a wide range of things when they're anxious. It's a hyperventilating too. Yeah, you know, like these mental illness is just as serious as something physical just because it's not seen but the underlying things that it can cause are really damaging and need to be need to be talked about need to be taken seriously yeah i i think um yeah that second part of the question i never really like thought about it until like it was posed to us um but yeah i definitely agree that like mental health is just as important as physical health and i feel like that's part of like why i guess um this is our society that we live in now like um, there's like a lot of students, um, particularly like younger demographics with, with increasing mental health issues because we don't take it seriously enough as it should be taken. Um, and I know a lot of times, like I know for me at least um, in health classes, like my physical health is more important than my mental health. Like we literally talked about it like a few times, but that was it. Um, the rest of the year, we only talked about physical health. And I feel like just having that knowledge um, beforehand, like would definitely like help with people like being aware of it first of all but also just like opening people's minds to like seeing how important it is yeah well that's it for our community questions but I definitely feel like it's um it's fitting to talk about our plans to reopen schools in the midst of a pandemic um yeah well our school district um our local school district just like we open plans to uh open schools back up um, in the fall for students from kindergarten to 12th grade. Um, but yeah, well, I, I, I can speak for myself. I feel like this is definitely like an issue and I don't think um, kids should go back to school um, physically. I feel like if there is a means of like online, um, of an online platform, they should be able to do that or like at least have the freedom to choose like being online rather than like forcing everybody to go in school. And also like uh, reprimanding them for not attending school because this is a pandemic and like there's a lot of safety um, concerns with this obviously. And I feel like um, if we like managed to pull off online school for the spring semester last year, why can't we continue it for the fall semester this year? Yeah, and yes, uh, online schooling was crazy just because it was new and it was so abrupt. I feel like if we, do it if we take the time to schedule and plan as if we were going into a new school year but online it would work fairly okay and also in my personal experience especially with high school I knew so many kids who had elderly parents elderly is in like in the demographic to die from COVID which now kind of everyone is in because we've learned more about it and I feel like it is just the most irresponsible and disrespectful thing to do to reopen schools and force people to send their kids there. Because if you don't send your kid to school and you don't register them as homeschooled in a certain amount of time, that could be child neglect. But you're sending these kids to school where they could possibly catch COVID and die themselves or spread it to their family. And also for the staff members, for the teachers and sanitation workers and janitors, like all those people within that school could also catch it and also get sick and also die and also spread it. I just don't, our whole mantra for this should be that we are trying to flatten the curve. So I don't understand what we are about to push 
thousands and thousands of kids back into school. You know, they're not going to go to school and then go home. They're going to go to school. They're going to hang out in the city. They're going to do this and that. Like, it's, it's just going to get worse than it already is. You know, yeah. I don't get why we are. There was such a huge, crazy scare over this uh, virus when it first started. You know, people were buying up toilet paper and all this crazy stuff. But now the virus is at its scariest point, especially in, in this country, in America. And we're not taking it seriously. People there's an anti-mask movement right now, which is just the wildest thing to me. And also, what are they gonna do about these schools with um, proper um, tools to protect themselves? Because especially in Philly, we have a very poor, we have a very poorly funded school district, supposedly, um, and they do not distribute the money properly throughout our schools at all. We can, like, we had a whole thing with asbestos that still hasn't been cleared up and it just got swept under the rug right before COVID. So I don't understand what steps are going to be taken in order to make sure that the staff is taken care of and that the kids are taken care of. Because without a pandemic, without a virus out there, we still weren't being properly taken care of, still was no proper funding, still was no proper supplies. Like, I just don't. I don't, I don't, I just, it doesn't make sense to me. It's just all the, the schools that are going to be affected the most by this are the schools that are predominantly people of color, the schools that are predominantly in lower income neighborhoods that won't be able to survive this virus. And it doesn't make sense. For us, we have options. We have take online school the whole week or go to school like the whole week or a hybrid where we go to school three days out of the week and the other two days we take online school. But me and all my friends are talking about taking the hybrid, which uh, we take the hybrid in the morning and we have all the afternoon to ourselves. So that's what we're thinking about. And then we have like two, like, um, two days off in the weekend or something like that. But I feel like the hybrid is good. It's a good uh, start. No, like, not, not everybody should go, but, like, the years, like, uh, the senior class should go, the junior class should go, sophomore class should go, freshmen, like, they each should have their own separate hybrids, you know what I'm saying? Like, each of their class together. Yeah. But I don't know how it is for y'all, because it's different everywhere. Y'all say, I'm going to start school in the fall, we're going to start school next month, in the end of the month. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. I think with my school there, I, I haven't seen an official statement, but I, the buzz is that they're all just going back to school, which doesn't make sense to me. But I didn't know. Yeah. My school right now, um, they did release a statement that they're planning on doing a hybrid course, um, but mm -hmm. open until late September for me, um, which is like a few months from now, but they do have hope that like Philadelphia like move into like a green phase that like we're all safe and like the curve will flatten um but I'm kind of unsure about that so I'm gonna just like stay at home I'm planning to like fully online just to like play it safe and just like yeah but I, I do think about like my high school years because my high school had 2,000 people and first of all like the building capacity couldn't fit that amount of people so like just to think about like uh the six feet apart thing and like first of all these classrooms are like I know in my past years um, being part of the school district like overfilled classrooms are like a big deal and like yeah. these have like 30 kids um around and like just to imagine those 30 kids like spreading six feet apart 
I don't even think there's enough space in the classroom to like fulfill that. And I like, yeah. And also with the teachers, I just want to acknowledge like the fact that they're so resilient and like they're working through this. Cause I know I follow a lot of my old teachers and they definitely don't agree with like the school district statement about like putting children back in the schools because it's unsafe. And like Avani said, like these school conditions were unsafe as it was before. So like even adding on to like this pandemic, like that's a lot to ask for of a teacher and they are not fully compensated for like the amount that they have to go through because the people who make these decisions, they're not the ones sitting in the classrooms like with these students and they're not the one like in danger of like catching this um, virus. Yeah. The thing that makes me mad is that the superintendent of, well, I, I'm, it's, it's really hard because uh, this current administration was like, if you don't reopen your schools, we're gonna pull funding from you, which like, I don't know if he can even do that, probably would figure out some way to do it, but I feel like it, it's so cruel to hold that against someone's head end of story <laughs> like there really is like it's so cruel to hold that against someone's head especially when you aren't even giving enough money to begin with and then for it just it just really makes me upset for the superintendent who also just got like an upgrade to his suite um yeah like a really costly upgrade to his suite i have to find it and send it in the chat but i just i'm sick of people who aren't being exposed to these conditions who really have no place to say what should happen in these classrooms because they're not in these classrooms making those decisions like yeah i, I think i also want to pose just like the fact that there are students out there with mental health issues and like those students are being accounted for especially like with an online format not everybody's like not everybody's like comfortable with that setting and like um like the fact that they're i guess like instability of like being physical being physically in a classroom and like being online is just like bad for everybody's mental health. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I really do feel for those um, who have mental health issues, especially like being in school, because that's a lot to ask for like at such a young age. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, yeah, we also want to, okay, <laughs> I don't know, I'm just going to keep saying yeah, 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 but um, yeah, um, so I guess that's pretty much it for this um, episode, um, but we also do want to acknowledge the fact that July is Minority Mental Health Awareness Month, so we want to give a shout out to um, people of color out there, um, especially um, those going through mental health issues. Um, we see you, we feel for you, especially during this time. Um, does anybody have any closing statements? <laughs> um, uh, this is a was a pretty uh, I don't want to say dark episode, but um, I the world is very much in a not happy place right now, and I know it's really hard to speak and hear and do anything. But uh, first of all, thank you all for even like coming and showing up for this this podcast. It, it really means a lot to talk about this stuff with people. And um, if you're out there, <laughs> keep going. Um, eventually, we'll have the calm after the storm. I don't know when, I don't know how long, but eventually, so. When it comes, it's gonna be so rewarding. Yeah. And 
<laughs> Long live the wool gold stream, the deluxe pot smoke. Go, go, go listen to that. You're an amazing. Uh, I got nothing else to say. Just get lit. Yeah. Don't let the little things really affect you. And just don't worry about Ooh. it as much as you want to. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but be sure to stay updated with our social media. If you haven't listened to our first podcast, make sure to listen to it. Um, we are the Creative Resilient Youth Group. Um, this podcast is called The New Normal. Our Instagram is at cry.collective. And our website is officially launching up. It's crycollective.com. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. One more thing. Go ahead. Don't wash your hands. Wear a mask. Wash your hands and wear a mask. Six feet apart and no large groups. Absolutely none. No large groups. (laughs) All right. Well, that's the end of our podcast. Thank you for listening. Um, stay inside if you can, but if you do go outside, wear a mask, stay six feet apart and yeah, that's pretty much it. So yeah, bye and enjoy the rest of your time. Just yeah, bye, baby. Bye. 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 Bye.